Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, and today I have a guest. Her name is Mary. Her case started with allegations against her while she was pregnant. The first allegation was a cluttered home, as well as father's prior history with the agency. Once her daughter was born and it was clear there was going to be a case, the father stopped all contact with the agency. She already had set up WIC, Early Intervention Program, for her baby and family therapy while she was pregnant with her child. But her daughter was taken before she left the hospital. And then Mary was charged with being emotionally unstable and being around unsafe people. Now, these factors played roles in her case, even when the people she knew were safe, and they were in the case. And I welcome you, Mary. You do have a success story, and you went through all of this, and how are you? And we've got a lot to learn from you. Yeah, um, I'm okay still learning how to be a parent. Um who isn't? <laughs> I know, right? Um, it's just um, learning that um, I'm at the age of learning on my own for like seven, seven, eight months now. So still relatively new <laughs> at mothering um, mm-hmm. full time. Um, and um, yeah, I try like, they took her, they took my daughter when she was three days old, and I tried to, I, I even got a letter from a doctor stating that my breast milk was good, and they, uh, even though I got it fairly late in the, late during the first year, the charge for that was, oh, she didn't go through the right avenues. Mm. to to um to uh, get it approved mm-hmm. like it's like you never told me what avenue i was supposed to go through so but i have a note from a doctor so mm-hmm. how is that even correct um well, so it's like for, i'm so sorry it's like they set you up to fail oh they totally did they totally did because it was like the first um uh six months i i did everything i was supposed to do and everything and then they had the psychological evaluation where the uh, caseworker d lied Mm -hmm. she lied about um the type of housing that i have Mm -hmm. She said that I had um, case managed housing when it's independent housing because it's low income housing through a mental health provider. Mm-hmm. And so she tried to use it and twist it to be case managed when it's not. Mm-hmm. And um, used that against me to the psychologist and fed the psychologist a lot of information. And what ended up is a diagnosis with autism. It went from just mental health issues to autism. Hmm. And then they were seen in a case that there were, um, that I was too autistic to parent. So, was, so from there it was an uphill battle. I had pled um, at the um, hearing for uh, permanent foster care because I had not read the psychological evaluation at that time because my lawyer didn't have a place that I felt was appropriate to breastfeed and read the psychological evaluation. So I didn't read it, and yet I pled that that was true, even though it wasn't. And I had, and I ended up getting part of that um, months later, uh, proven that I'm not in case managed care. I even had a um, state um, representative of the um, 
actually say um, in 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 law, actually write and say um, this mom is in independent independent housing, not case managed housing, mm-hmm. and, and and addressed it to the to the judge. Was that an ADA advocate that you had? Uh, no, at at that t- time, well, yeah, I I hadn't. Um, I never had an official ADA advocate, but I had um, an advocate who has um, who advocates for those who are dis- disabled. But she has no. She used to be a teacher, but she's not anymore because of her own child's disability. So I had to fight. Um, she was the first real help on the case because they used. Um, when I tried to have a friend go from clear across the country to be a 24 seven, cause they wanted me to have 24 seven supervision. Um, they yelled and badgered and was like, well, we need your tax information. We need proof of all this other stuff, which they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all that going on. So my friend was like, well, this is frustrating. I'm just going to leave because they're trying to kidnap your child. Mm-hmm. And so there's like all sort like they nitpicked every little thing I did. Mm-hmm. If I gave um, a piece of carrot and they felt it was too big, even though it was soft, they would be like, oh, well, mom can't learn how to um, feed baby right. But then the, let's say the next week, I mashed it up just, just the right amount. So there's mm-hmm. that, there was like, oh, well, she gives her child too much sugar because she's putting this much of a sugary item in or, and then it was like, she's not giving enough. It's like, okay, which one is it? Am I giving too much or giving too little? Um, wow. It was like, well, mom isn't being safe enough with child, but yet my child never got injured in my care. So it was like, okay, this isn't making sense. Because it's like, it took me two, almost two and a half years to get a unsupervised visit with my child. That's terrible. It, because the, um, it was like the first year was the hardest. And then I, I got in the middle of that year, a advocate for, who, who does disability, um, the one that I told you about. And then I got the Autism Society in my state to also back me up because they're like, oh, because when they first heard about my case, they're like, oh, there must be drugs or alcohol or some other thing in the case. It can't just be autism. Mm-hmm. But, but when I showed them that it was just autism, they're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Just autism? And like, my lawyer at the time wasn't even like she would um that lawyer would be like okay you um i'm gonna say this that and the other and sound really great of what she was gonna say mm-hmm. but then but then when court came wouldn't say any of it just yes ma'am no ma'am mm-hmm. and sit down so it wasn't working for me mm-hmm. So I had to fire her. And right before I fired her, a um, advocate who has successfully um, gotten families together before came, came on board my case. And things were slowly starting to gain traction because now I was getting one more visit because I got someone finally approved as an SSP, safety service provider that is, um, 
Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So I was actually lucky to get visits five days a week, um, virtual, even though my daughter was like 18 months at a time, mm-hmm. actually less than. But like I was always trying to do something to kind of engage with her. Like I'd be playing with one of her toys or something just to get her to. And it was frustrating because we'd be on the screen maybe sometimes it would be like five, 10 minutes and it was done. Other times it'd go as far as 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky because after three months of the quarantine in my state, I was able to have visits with my daughter outside. I was mm-hmm. one of the first in my state to get that. And that was because I had advocates talking, um, making sure that the higher ups knew what was going on and the progress of the case and things were slowly getting better mm-hmm. and um, then I had a, evalu- a parent evaluation which the um, which was like mom seems totally appropriate appropriate to me to have her child back Mm-hmm. And it was like cool, and mm-hmm. um, but it was like child needs needs to have a stable home. There's issues with child, but the child needs just a stable home. And I got um, I'm gonna see my daughter twice a week, and then we finally got family therapy which I was nervous about because I've read a lot of these cases online where the family therapist is totally against the parent because mm-hmm. a lot of times they are like, it's not necessarily that they're against the parent, but they're afraid to speak up. A lot of these workers who work with the agency is afraid to speak up. Cause when I finally had my um, permanency hearing a year ago in, in August, September, the um, caseworker was, was trying to use the, um, first of all, she said, well, the, the um, family, um, family evaluation says that, that the child needs um, permanency, so we pushed for the adoption. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so that was part of it. Like, there's so many they the caseworker literally lied on in the courtroom Mm -hmm. they all do yeah oh totally they all do i i i know that for a fact now Mm -hmm. um and said that the um person that they hired to watch me with my child at my outside visits was saying how they had concerns and this and that and then I went uh, less than a week later to the same person and said, this is what the caseworker said, is this true? And the person just gave me like a what type of look? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I couldn't do that. So I'm like, okay, something's fishy going on. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had to because cause my child's biracial, I've had to fight for her just to get lotion on her. Mm-hmm. Even um, she never got the right hair products for her hair because she's um, part black. Mm-hmm. So it was just like all these little crazy little things that went on and on and on. Um, I was lucky when we did finally see the family therapist that she was one of the honest ones, one of the good ones. She had read all the paperwork, read about the psychological evaluation, read other things, and she's like, she even said in court, that evaluation is not accurate. Mm -hmm. There's, that is not the person I see in front of me. That definitely is 
distorted. Mm-hmm. So that helps. And she, that, the family therapist spoke to the, um, spoke to the, that same person who um, did the visits on the, um, the outside visits. Mm-hmm. And they, they started working together to make sure that I was heard properly and that it was showing that I could parent my child. And so, of course, the caseworker was getting upset about that in court. So she had, and but but the court, the court was saying, mom needs more visits. So they decided to add on another visit with another program that was um, four hours long. And um, I started doing really good there. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, everything is going too well. And that, I, the the caseworker D, I got her fired within a year. That's awesome. Now that in itself yeah. is a major success story right there. Right. Awesome job. She cannot work for this state ever again. Um, and then um, I got caseworker C, who I'm actually a witness in another case of C's um, that, that C's on because C does not try to really fight for families especially those where where a parent has some kind of disability she is definitely does not look at people as equal that's terrible so um but i got i actually had her heard her say she didn't realize until way late in the case that I, I could actually parent. And it was right, she said this less than a week before I changed to the last caseworker who was the reunification worker who I had to deal with for um, six more months before the case closed and slowly um slowly i got the um one of the programs um uh dropped off the case because it was like i was taking cabs to go see my daughter when i either cabs or or getting rides from people but because of the liability issue and i had to give um and and because i had to give the um the caseworker the person's name the insurance and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff i was like yeah this isn't worth it to try to fight to get one or two people that way Mm -hmm. to do rides to and from because it's expensive Mm -hmm. doing cabs it is. So I was like, we eventually was able to get it stopped, those visits. And then we eventually had the person who was doing the weekend, the, the uh, visits on the um, outside to that part stopped. And then she finally came home after three years of fighting for her. Um, and it's like, I found out in my case that a brother of mine never saw me as being a parent. Um, and when I read um, the report that he had done on me with his wife, I saw that he felt that I was just like my mother um, because we were all wards of the state. 
throughout our childhood. And so he didn't even really see me. He just saw our mother. Either he or the, the foster mom had told, had encouraged my daughter during our first unsupervised visit to, to say when I was putting on a show for her, that's Scary Mary. You're Scary Mary. Oh, no. And I was like, why am I Scary Mary? You do Scary Alleys. Okay. And then I'm like, I got to ask her more. What are Scary Alleys? And then she said, I don't know. Oh. So someone was feeding her that line. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, that plus a one of the uns, uh, one of the video chats that we had, my daughter was also saying, "Scary Mary, Scary Mary," when she saw that picture. So somebody was feeding her that information. Terrible. That's just uh, I just can't believe they pull this stuff. I've had, there. there's a very suspicious mark on her at one point. It looked like maybe it was from like a, falling into like a, maybe a mesh screen that was broken mm-hmm. on her abdomen. And they tried to use that against me saying, see, see, she's abusive mm. when I didn't do anything. Um, just any little thing. It could be like, I didn't do like, like uh, I, I didn't put on the clothes the right way. Or like they finally got, and get this, the foster parent was supposed to potty train my child at two years old, according to the um, pediatrician. When, when I finally got my doc- daughter back, when, when she was two and a half years old, she had yet to be potty trained. She didn't even, she wanted to go potty, but she didn't know what she was supposed to do on the potty when mm-hmm. she came to me. And I just barely successfully got her potty trained. Um, it, it took um, quite, quite a few months to get her mm-hmm. to be potty trained, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, according to the agency, I can't parent. I can't be a good mother. I'm going to cause my child to be harmed or neglected. Hmm. So these are things that I'm always, I, I feel like I'm always going to be looking over my shoulder hmm. until my child's 18. Because I know what this agency does Mm -hmm. and if it wasn't for advocates making sure things were being done right I know I wouldn't have gotten my job back Mm -hmm. because that's how corrupt the system is they will do everything in their power because this one case that I'm working on um, because I'm helping this one mom who, who has um, CSA caseworker she didn't get um, anybody in her, her home to see how she kept her house for over three years mm. yeah uh, CPS has way too much power and they've destroyed so much even time that you should have had with your daughter bonding time. Yeah. Yeah. I could have like, even the family therapist said that the very worst case scenario, you should have gotten the maximum time away from your child, six months, mm. maximum time. But should, but you really shouldn't have had, even had her be, be out of your, your care because mm-hmm. it's like you were doing everything preventative making sure everything 
was done the right way. And yes, my house was cluttered, but they also didn't think to ask me what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, first of all, I was pregnant. Uh, so, and my child was over nine pounds when, when she was born. Wow. So she was a big baby. So bending <laughs> down with, with that belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and apparently there's extra fluid in, in the sack too. So that also caused, um, caused it to be harder. Then I also had, um, two miscarriages a year prior to within the year before I conceived her. Mm. So I was going through trauma Mm -hmm. and I, my trauma response is called fawning, meaning like I just kind of like focus on just relaxing. That's my coping thing. I relax and then I do, Mm -hmm. do what I need to do. So instead of, trying to figure that out they're like nope let's take this kid and try to adopt it (laughs) they even used one of my advocates um um my um the advocate who did the disability who whose son has has disability she was trying to work with me to, at the end of the, that first summer, to go see how things were near my brother in case he was going to be the one to adopt my child mm-hmm. at that time. Because I didn't know what was going through his, his mind at that time. And so she gave me permission to share the screenshots of what she was saying. And because I was trying to clarify that was without my daughter before I got her back. Even though I was able to show later, even though they didn't use it, of course, that um, it was going to be without my child, um, they used it to, to discredit her because she said, um, screw the caseworker mm-hmm. because what does the caseworker need to know if it's just me and her? Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to clarify that with her. And so it just took so long because they want you to have everybody who will go and care for. Um, they want you to have someone to supervise the child, but then when you offer them someone, they're going to work hard on finding any little thing to prevent that person from caring for your child mm-hmm. to, to be that safety service provider. They want to use their own people who they don't have testify. So that way they can twist the words and just point out every negative thing instead of the positive things that parents are doing. Like my child's super, super smart. Mm-hmm. She knows how to do things very well, but then they feel like, oh, well, mom's having her one-year-old climb up too many stairs. It's like, but she likes doing it. She's been climbing um, walking for over two months now. I'm right behind her, encouraging mm-hmm. her to use her skills. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's too much. And who are they to say? You know, how dare they tell? <laughs> and, and you're right with the child. Right. I swear, I don't think they have two brain cells to rub together. Oh, they, they, they definitely don't. They definitely don't. It's crazy how they will use even like, literally, it's like a diaper um, strap, like one of the um, uh, Velcro things for, for a diaper is on wrong, and they can um, um, see it, they'll say, mom doesn't know how to put on a diaper, or parent doesn't know how to put on a diaper. Like, it's so ridiculous. 
And it's like the parents who want their kids and know how to get their kids can't get their kids back because of this. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID, our connection broke because um, my daughter was so young. And only with family therapy did our bond get stronger again. Mm-hmm. And every single day, my daughter comes to me and say, Mommy, I love you. Mm-hmm. And she has such severe separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. She will literally, if I'm asleep or just in the middle of something and she's asleep and she wakes up and she's not ready to wake up, she'll go over to wherever I am, want me to hold her until she falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a three-year-old that is her, like, she can fit into um, size six pants, but she's really short, mm-hmm. but she's uh, really stocky. So, like, she weighs um, about 40 pounds mm-hmm. at three. And she's she's um even though she's small she's has a lot of muscle on her so it's heavy to carry her around mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like but but i'm so little but i'm so big it's like yeah you are both <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're definitely big for age too you don't get that part <laughs> but yeah the agency is just a monster they will do, they will lie about every little thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm articulate. I, I literally, during the pandemic, learned how to make my own soap mm-hmm. and, as well as my own body butter mm-hmm. all by mm-hmm. myself. That's cool. But, but of course... The agency, there's things in my case saying that I can't learn. I can't learn to be a parent. It's like, then how come I learned how to make soap? Mm-hmm. I learned how to make body better. Mm-hmm. I'm intelligent. Like, <laughs> you know, don't feel bad because I was treated the same way. I think a lot of parents are, they're all treated so badly by CPS. Oh, totally. It's like, I, it, it's like, it, it, it really honestly depends on the caseworker. Mm-hmm. And majority of them are not good. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, there'll be a diamond in the rough. And mm-hmm. the caseworker H that I had, she was, she's one of those caseworkers. She, she tries to say things tr- truthful, but she also knows she needs to keep her job. Mm-hmm. So sometimes things don't go the way she wants them to, mm-hmm. but she's she is honestly trying to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the case, that's the only caseworker I really knew I could trust. And there was actually one time when I was having a visit with my daughter, with um, and I was in a therapy meeting for myself and the caseworker who came and took my child um, um, she um, came and did the interview of an abuse allegation of a less than the size of a dime bruise <laughs> I mean I've got like got so ridiculous at the end because it's like my child doesn't even know what why um what scary owies are, but I give her scary owies. Um and then also when these bruises and marks, it's like these aren't purposeful things that I'm doing at all. Mm-mm. I'm like, I don't understand why. I'm being accused of these things when I don't do anything to my child 
So. Yeah, that's just so wrong. They, uh, they blow things out of proportion. Oh, so much. So it's like, I literally pumped for a whole year and my daughter never got an ounce of it. That figures. Yeah. It's like, she, that was made for her. Mm -hmm. My body made it for her. Nobody else's body could have made milk especially for her. Mm -hmm. But she couldn't get it. And yet, when I was in the hospital, I was able to feed her. Oh, and you're going to love this. I had, at one time, my daughter was six weeks old at the time. I was having some severe pain, didn't know why. Went to the um, visit because I knew I had a visit that day. So I, I went to the visit. Then afterwards, at, at the end of the visit, I was in too much pain. I just couldn't uh, even go by bus to the hospital. I had to call the ambulance. The ambulance driver thought I was being crazy, delusional, or whatnot. It was like uh, ambulance, flashing lights, emergency. Like, being like, you're this slow. I was like, no, I'm not. So he had me going to the fast track mm -hmm. when I mentioned that the pain that I was feeling in my back was so excruciating that I was uh, passing out. Mm -hmm. They put me on the regular track saying, okay, there must be something more going on. It took me still quite a while to be seen, but um, they do some tests, um, blood tests, and they did a CT scan. The... Um, doctor comes in and says when was the last time you drank mm. I was like Mother's Day um, two years ago because I just had a baby like yeah. and um, it's like no seriously when was the last, last time you drank I'm like Mother's Day of 2017 and so he's like I'll be right back he checked the um, CT scan and it showed that I was having a gallbladder infection. So Jeez. how do you go upstairs? They did um, that, uh, that that was on a Thursday. On Friday they did one exam, one um, procedure that I needed to be under and moved whatever was blocking that. And then the next day they decided to remove my gallbladder. And the, when I was having them store the breast milk for me, because um, I didn't know that within a year I wouldn't be able to breastfeed, I was still hopeful. Mm -hmm. um, they're like, well, maybe you should pump and dump because of all the medications you're on. I'm like, what medications? And they're like, the narcotics. I'm like, I'm not on narcotics. And they're like, wait a minute, let me check. You're right. Oh, my goodness. So I had to talk to different people, be like, no, this is how things are supposed to work. And so they let me go on Sunday. And then on Monday, I had a visit with my daughter. And I literally was at that appointment. And when I went there, the um, supervisor for the agency said, you're my hero. Hmm. Because I didn't cancel. I was like, I needed to be here for my child. Mm -hmm. My child needs to know I'm going to be constantly there. I'm not going to just skimp out on a visit. Only one time in three years did I ever cancel a visit, and that was because I was running a fever. Mm -hmm. 
and that's one that's another thing that really helped at least with the higher ups to know that how much I am a doting parent to my child because mm-hmm. there's so many parents who will skip a visit to when they start skipping visits it's a great way for the agency to be like we got the kid now mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. can do do that um kid doesn't want a kid kid needs a stable home with the foster home so sad yeah it's like they like you have to like a, a friend of mine who is um going through a system said it's my child i can do whatever i want and i'm like don't say that to the caseworker because mm-hmm. if you say i can do whatever i want they're going to twist it mm-hmm. and you're like you're going to put your child in the cage you're going to um starve your child or whatnot mm-hmm. doesn't matter what they will exaggerate things mm-hmm. even though it's not true mm-hmm. it's, it's like you have to watch every little thing you say right and and even then even when you're completely honest because because let's put this way that psychological evaluation they had that that i got the diagnosis of autism a month prior my landlord had written to the caseworker saying i'm in independent housing mm-hmm. and then the psychological evaluation it said that the caseworker wrote wrote to the psychologist almost to the day a month later and said it was in case managed care this is not uh terror is this terrible what they've done to you yeah it's like the, the that lawyer seriously didn't do job because it's like she could have went back and researched the housing thing mm-hmm. and could have had that psychological evaluation dismissed because of inaccuracies from the caseworker. Mm-hmm. Instead, I was charged that I, I was too autistic, basically, to parent. You know, and who are they to make, uh, you know, these caseworkers are not psychologists or PhDs. How dare they even say something? Yeah. Make, make an assumption on, on some, and they do this to people all the time. Oh, totally. It's like, I've, I've heard of cases where there's 19-year-olds who are going to college, but yet the caseworkers, um, and, and they have a, a small child. And the caseworkers are saying, oh, they do um, meth, heroin, cocaine, um, marijuana, they're alcoholic, they're blah, 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 um, to the psychologists. And so the psychologist is saying that they, they are a substance abuser. Yeah, and, the lies have to stop. Yeah, exactly. That's, what, that's why the system is so corrupt. Because it's, and it's like, people keep saying, well, the foster parents don't get the bonuses. And I'm like, I know they don't get the bonuses of the adoption. It's the agency does mm-hmm. get spread around in that little cycle, the, that little circle of the system. That's why uh, caseworker C went off my case because mm-hmm. she knew she was part of the group of that section to make that bonus. And since she couldn't get the bonus, she didn't want anything to do with the case. Yeah, when there's when they can't make money, they just drop you like a hot potato. And they didn't just drop me. That's the thing. And part of it was because of my lawyer, mm-hmm. my lawyer, even though he did, um, my second one did get me get help me get my child back. 
<laughs> there, there's already laws in the state about um, people with disabilities not being able to um, that that you can't judge a person just because of their IQ level mm-hmm. or disability, and that lawyer did not use it. Did not use that information to get my child home immediately. I lost two more years of my child's life because he wanted to do it his way so that way he could milk the system for more money. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds like malpractice on his end. Oh, totally. I know another case of his where the um, a boy who, um, because he's also a lawyer for children, he wants to see his mom. And because he went to see his mom on his own will, free will, there, um, the agency is now trying to do a restraining order against the mom. Because the boy chose to, even though the boy had told the lawyer, I want to see my mom. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so they tw- it's like, yeah. They yeah, they tw- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, for, it's all about what they want. Yeah. You know, where are you at now? You've got your daughter and you're, you know, taking care of her now. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm right now just in the, in that same apartment. I'm working on um, figuring out different ways to make more money so that way I can um, save up to relocate to another state mm-hmm. just so that way the agency would have less then, then there'd be less of a reason to track me that's really a good idea yeah because they don't know when to quit so you've got to watch everything yeah you literally do because once once you've had a case open they're expecting it to be open again and again and again until they take your child they are a sick system and i i just think they should be abolished they really serve no earthly purpose look at all the time they took from you that you should have had yeah it's like I've. It's like, what is there? It, it, it there's nothing I can do now, except mm-hmm. trying to um, help my child as much as possible, because my child is um, now traumatized mm-hmm. that people are going to leave her. Mm-hmm. That and that's the thing. It's like she's so afraid of people leaving her. Mm. She will literally. She will literally, if, if people come to visit and she falls asleep be- before they leave, she'll wake up in the middle of the night crying because they're not there. That's so sad. Poor little kid. Yeah. They're the ones who traumatized her. I didn't do anything to her. Mm-hmm. I literally just gave birth to her and they're like, nope, you're a bad mom. Screw you. Mm-hmm. We're going to work towards adoption now. That's literally what they did. The uh, caseworker D literally said in court when my child was between nine and 10 months old, say, we move for adoption. Luckily, I had a fair judge Mm -hmm. who, according to the information she got, she, um, she, she's actually the one judge in my county that I would trust with the case. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the other judges. And um, she really was like, this isn't a permanency hearing. The, this is just a, a um, regular hearing. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> That's how good that judge 
is. I think I think if the judge had known the right information at the right times, my child could come home a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. But but the but the people's system didn't want it to be that way. It wasn't the judge, mm-hmm. and and I'm lucky because a lot of times it is the judge too. Right, I agree. A lot of times, because I know this one case that tears my heart up of a deaf couple. They have um, their three children ended up in care because the grandmother manipulated the girl into claiming abuse happened. Um, and then um, the um, daughter, who was a early teen, an older older son, um, did never try to see mom mom or dad again. <laughs> Definitely not mom. That would um, the girl saw dad at least once after. Um, but both of them, the oldest is aged out. The mm-hmm. daughter is about to age out. Mm-hmm. The youngest was re- returned to dad, but because mom was there and the sister called and father complained, then... Um, youngest ended up in care again and has yet to see either parent now because that the mom's mother was abusive to her denied her the ability to communicate because wanted um the mom in the case to not learn sign language and i've even seen videos where the grandmother has actually mocked the parents because of both being um, hear, um, hearing impaired. People so, are just uh, nasty. Yeah, and so, and so that the grandmother died, um, died, but now the sister of the mom is involved and is encouraging the youngest to do what the sister did mm-hmm. and um and dad went to a different state where his mom is and is trying to get this the youngest to go be with him and his mom but son is like i'm not going anywhere i just want to get and a special phone that's a couple years old. Um, I don't want to see you, but I want to tell you that I want you to get me the phone. It's just all Mm -hmm. a really nasty case. And Mm -hmm. mom's so traumatized. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I personally believe in that case, Mm -hmm. that that the mom needs to have the children there, Mm -hmm. but, but to have, um, frequent supervision with the kids mm-hmm. until her anxiety goes down because mm-hmm. the mom um is so traumatized mm-hmm. that that if someone doesn't agree with her mm-hmm. and they say something that could possibly be for the agency um or or like anything negative against her, she will call them an artist. And I feel, mm-hmm. and it's like, I've noticed how I communicate with her. I'm able to calm her down and mm-hmm. actually realize it doesn't mean that these people are artists. It's this or that. Like her lawyer, I'm like, your lawyer's not artist. She's just in it for the money. Mm-hmm. 
the caseworker is not necessarily an artist. She's in it for the money. Mm-hmm. Other people and then other people who try to help her, I'm like, it's not that they don't want to help you again. Um, it's that they can't, uh, they don't know how to handle you when you go through the trauma of the case. Because mm-hmm. she's been, she's on the fourth year of going through the agency. Case mm-hmm. with 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 uh, now two cases. Well, it's it's good you're helping these people and other people as well. Um, do you have people contacting you a lot? At this point, I don't have many people contacting me except for I got three families that have contacted me mm-hmm. that uh, that I'm in no four families that I'm actually in contact with. One one family, the mom lost all kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, the um, it's all because of it's such a dirty case because of how the lawyer was, and and she actually had the caseworker deed too. Oh, um, so like, her case started with caseworker D and she tried everything and one thing she tried that I would never recommend a parent to do was um she did the um I forget what it's called um she basically um put like um she doesn't recognize the law of the land stuff Mm -hmm. and um because you put that down, it just made her case worse. And that's why her mm-hmm. kids ultimately went for adoption. And she even tried to fight after, but she wasn't successful because of that part. Mm-hmm. Because she's, she was using, um, even though she was using the law, which is a good thing, she was like, well, your law says this, your law says that. I don't agree with your law, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the, it's those people who you have to be very careful with what you use and how you use it in in your case. Mm-hmm. I've I've learned that very. I I I definitely learned that by I mm-hmm. by um observing this mom do this. Um, mm-hmm. So I've I've learned a lot during these last mm-hmm. three three plus years. Um, yes, who is it? My daughter. Come in, baby. Uh, well, <laughs> how, 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 that's okay. How, how can people reach you if they want to contact you? Um, they can contact me at um, aliasyncope at me.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's A L I A S Y N C O P E at me.com, M E. Okay, I'll put that in the podcast notes as well. I'm so glad you came on the show. I'm glad you have success and you have your daughter back and a caseworker fired. So this is excellent. Yes, and I'm working on getting uh, another one fired at least. <laughs> oh, and I told you are my hero. Yes. Thank you so much, Mary, for coming on the show. It's what needs to be done. Yes, it is. Let's put it this way. There's, um, I see in my case, there's there's some similarities in my case that were similarities that my mom had, but Mm -hmm. my mom didn't have the right supports. Mm. Because back then, there wasn't that kind of supports. Right. You know, so she missed out on us growing up because she didn't have those supports. Mm. But, but of course, I have the right supports. And so my daughter's home. Thank God. Thank God. Well, I'll let let you go spend time with her. And thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Thank you. 
Lambda Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in the family courtrooms that in turn perpetuate parental alienation. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Mary and other guests in the future. Thank you.